Well, this is going to be a very unique uh, but very special morning. Uh, as uh, you can see, I have my wife Amy up here, which I'm excited about. She's going to be teaching with me here in just a little bit. Um, but as you know, this has been a special year for our church. We, in, back in September, uh, we celebrated 20 years of Westridge Church. And uh, when we started Westridge, I remember uh, Amy and I talked a lot about, even before we moved here, our desire, our heart was that we would get a chance to be part of something that was so God-sized that we would just be absolutely foolish to ever take credit for it. And um, without a doubt, God has given us our heart's desire. Over the past several weeks, uh, we've been studying uh, the miracles of Jesus in Scripture. And, and over the past 20 years, we have just seen miracle after miracle after miracle right in our, in, in, before our eyes that just remind us that God is still in the miracle business. Not just in a church, but in our, in our personal lives. God has, has given us blessing as a church. He's given us favor in ministries and initiatives that, that we would have never even dreamed of 20 years ago. And some of the greatest miracles that we have seen have happened uh, as a result of our giving during this time of the year in, in an offering that we call the gift offering. We have been doing this gift offering now for, for over 20 years. It's been a big part of how Amy and I have taught our family to have the right perspective at Christmas time. It's, it's helped us to, to keep our focus on the fact that God loves each of us so much that he sent his greatest gift, the greatest gift he could send, his only son, Jesus, who would come and give his life so that we might have an opportunity to receive salvation and forgiveness and new life. And so this offering that we take every year, which is always taken right before Christmas, the week's uh, coming up, up before Christmas, it, it's a challenge. It's a yearly challenge to each of us to keep Jesus as the as the focus of Christmas every year by by all of us giving a gift back to the Lord that is greater than than any gift that you give to another person. And in turn, what it helps us to do as a church is it helps us to invest in initiatives and ministries where we really believe. That, that God wants us to shine the light of the gospel into some really tough places, the, 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 the gospel message of Jesus. And so as we, back in the summer, this, in the summers when we always really start praying and asking the Lord where he would want us to, to really in, you know, invest and target in, in, in the upcoming year, um, we approach this year's gift offering with this question on our hearts. We ask the question, what are the pressing issues um, that Westridge Church needs to tackle? What has God called us to do that maybe only we can do as a church that, that, that would impact our community and world for Jesus Christ in, in ways that um, no one else could do? And so through this year's gift offering, we feel this deep responsibility and calling to really tackle some tough initiatives. Quite honestly, um, as, as we talk about these things this morning, these things are so big that we would be foolish to ever take credit for what we believe that God's about to do. And we know it's only possible with this God of miracles on our side. And we know also that God has blessed this church with great influence. He has given us incredibly uh, gifted people. And we know that with great influence and with great blessing comes great responsibility. And so I believe with all my heart that, that we have this responsibility, and I've been saying this for years, we have a responsibility as a church to own the lostness of our community. Uh, right now, 88% of our community still is not in any given church on any given Sunday morning. And uh, I don't know how that plays out spiritually, but I know that there's just still a lot of lostness in Northwest Atlanta. And, and I believe it, it's our job to just say, we're going to tackle that. That's ours. That's our responsibility. We're going to change that. 
We have a responsibility as well to seek out and care for those who feel like they've been lost and left behind and forgotten and, and show them that, that even though they may have been forgotten by someone else, they have not been forgotten by God and they certainly have not been forgotten by us. They matter to us. And we have a responsibility to take the gospel, place, the gospel to tough places and to tackle tough issues. I mean, God didn't plant Westridge Church in this area of Northwest Atlanta by accident. We're here to make a difference. We're here to make a difference. Uh, one of the reasons we moved to Dallas, Georgia over 20 years ago was because no one else wanted to come here to plant a church. And we just said, we're gonna, we want to go to where places where no one else wants to go with the gospel. And uh, listen, we believe and we know that God has moved in powerful ways here and we believe he's going to do it again. So this morning, uh, Amy and uh, my friend Terrence Lester and Paul Richardson, we're all going to be sharing today and diving into some teaching where Jesus reveals what's really on his heart. And along the way, we're going to have a chance to kind of put a spotlight on the things that we feel that God has put on our hearts to tackle this year through our gift offering. In Matthew chapter 18, Jesus is, is telling a parable to his disciples and he not only talks about the extent that his father would go to reach people who are spiritually lost, but he reveals his love and his compassion for them. And he asks his disciples a question in verse 12. He starts off by saying, what do you think? What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the 99 on the mountains and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than, than, than over the 99 that never went astray. So it is not the will of my Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. And Jesus, at the time he was teaching this, he was holding children in his arms. Now, if you've ever wondered how God the Father feels about people who are spiritually lost, this should answer your question right here. Jesus says that his Father is like a shepherd who if he had 100 sheep, he would leave, he would go as far to leave the 99 on a mountain to search out for just one who, who had gone astray. Listen, if the father would leave 99 who have already been found to pursue the one that is already lost, the one that's lost, then it is our responsibility. I mean, it's our, it's our duty to join him in that pursuit. Now, we've not been called to neglect the 99, okay, which are already in his care, but we've been called to do whatever we have to do to go wherever it is that he's called us to go to share the message of the gospel with those who desperately need it in order to bring them back to the Father, bring them back to, to, to the family of God. Last year, our gift offering uh, provided an opportunity uh, for us to invest in the football team at, at Paulding County High School. We were able to send that entire team, which is about 60 to 65 players, including their coaches, to a fellowship of Christian athlete camp at University of West Georgia. And uh, if you were here a couple weeks ago, some of those students and their coach were on the stage and shared how God had, had, had changed their lives. And, and 32 of those students, student athletes, put their faith and trust in Christ last year at FCA camp. We had a chance to be part of that. And... Uh, Listen, um, that, that football team hasn't gone to the playoffs since 2003. This year they went, and I think that's a big part of it, to be quite honest with you. Uh, I think that really made them play better. Um, but here's my heart. Here's our heart as a staff. This year we want to provide the funds not only to send that team back to camp and their coaches, we want to send the East Paulding football team which is about 80 to 85 football players and their entire coaching staff. We want to send them to that same camp next summer. Now, as some of you know, this past year, 
Um, I've had the chance to serve as the East Paulding football team chaplain. And uh, I've had the opportunity over the fall to take this entire football team, 80 plus athletes and all their coaches, through a 10-week series on the book of Nehemiah. I mean, think about that. I mean, pastor going in and speaking to a football team in a public school just with open Bible sharing what, what, God's do, what God was doing in, in the book of Nehemiah. And so it's so exciting to watch that happen. And we believe God's going to do even bigger things in the years to come as he increases our influence. And I believe, listen, as these football players come to Christ, as these coaches come, co- uh, come closer to Christ, it's, it it's going to change our community. It's going to change our schools and it's going to change our community with the gospel. Another big initiative, and I know a lot of you are excited about this. Another big initiative we believe that God has called us to tackle is the nation of Scotland. Uh, some of you know I've been praying for the last several years that God would open up a, a door for us to engage a nation in Europe with the gospel. And this past January, Paul Richardson and I, we put on our kilts and we traveled to Scotland. Uh, well, Paul did, I didn't really. But, but, and, and God opened a door for us to be on the ground level of what we believe is gonna be a movement of God that is gonna bring Scotland back to Jesus. Now, as I've shared before, a few centuries back, God was moving in such a powerful way in Scotland that it was impacting the world. It impacted the United States in a big way. But about 100 years after revival was taking place in Scotland, both humanism and secularism snuck into that country. And today, Scotland is one of the most spiritually dark places in all of Europe. Today, less than 2% of Scottish people are in church on Sundays. I mean, when you go there, there are beautiful churches everywhere. But listen, they are just nothing more than relics. They're spiritually dead And a few years ago, the people of Scotland were officially declared an an unreached people group. And listen, this this has just happened over a span of of a couple hundred years. However, God is moving again. He's moving amongst, believe it or not, the younger generation in Scotland. And they are realizing that humanism and secularism does not work. And they're searching for answers and they are wide open to the gospel. And we believe that God is calling us to go after this lost nation, to leave the 99, to go in search of the one. And we're joining now with with a group of Scottish believers to launch a brand new church outside of Edinburgh on Easter Sunday morning, 2018, with a long-term vision of raising up new believers in Scotland to start a gospel movement that's going to plant churches all over Scotland that will eventually reach the United Kingdom. And this year's gift offering is going to help us. Oh, it's exciting. You're like, that's crazy stuff, Brian. You're talking about reaching a whole nation. Yes, we are. And we believe God's going to do it through Dallas, Georgia, Westridge Church. We believe that. We're watching God do it in Burkina Faso, Africa. Why would he not do it there if he's led us to do it? We just believe he's that big and he's still the God of miracles. And this year's gift offering is going to help us to get this new church off the ground and to open up trips for us to be able to go there and minister in the near future. And young adults, you guys who are in college, you who are single adults or or young married, listen, I'm targeting you. We want to take you with us to adopt Scotland to engage this younger generation of, of, of folks who are new believers and folks who are not yet believers in Scotland with the gospel. And we're going to watch that nation change. Now, I got my beautiful wife up here. She's going to talk about our global partners, our missionaries. All right. Um, just in watching you talk about the Christmas gift offering, and, and in my peripheral vision is Santa. I just want you to know I'm inspired to talk about Christmas right now. Right there. <laughs> All right. And Mrs. Claus sits right next to him. Yes, it's awesome. 
All right, have you ever been around so many people, like maybe you were caring for them or working with them, and you just needed to get away from everybody for a while? And maybe you even felt bad about that a little bit. Well, um, in Mark chapter 6, verse 31, Jesus does something really interesting. So I want to read this verse to you. It says, then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. So Jesus was deity. He was God who became a human. Um, he, his point was to come and give his life for us so that we could go to heaven. The only way that we could ever get there. And he was completely 100% God. And at the same time, he was 100% human. And we think, I've never heard of anybody like that before. That's because there's never been anybody like that before. But because Jesus was totally human, he felt the same way that we feel. And he went through the same things that we go through. And yet he did all of this and never, ever sinned. It's just hard for us to even wrap our mind around something like that. One of the things that I love so much about Jesus is that he always reacted the right way to everything. He was an incredible example for us. So when he saw that the disciples were really tired and they were hungry and they were even just peopled out with all the multitudes, he said, come on, let's get away and let's rest for a little while. Well, this coming year, we as a church get the incredible opportunity to care for our missionaries, our global partners, in very much the same way. And we get to be the ones to say, come on, let's go rest for a little while. Um, You, Westridge, have global partners. You have missionaries. And I'm going to see if I can remember all of the places. Turkey, Spain, Cuba, Alaska, Burkina Faso, Africa. And Thailand. Isn't that awesome? A lot of these are Westridge people, like Westridge kids who have grown up and gone all over the world to share the gospel with people and to serve people. Um, So in October next year, we're going to have an incredible opportunity to have a retreat for all of our missionaries. And we are, we are just so pumped about it. Um, there are two big things that we want to accomplish with this missionary global partners retreat. The first thing that we want to do is just encourage them. Just give them a time to come away and rest. Because you know they're always clocked in. And they never seem to get a break. They're working so hard all over the world. And we want to say... Come on, take a little trip and just get away and rest for a while. Now, a couple years ago, they did the first missionary retreat, and I got a chance to go on that and to be with with all of our global partners. And at the end of this trip, and it was an awesome trip, we went around and said, okay, what was your favorite part of the trip? What was the best thing? And the global partners from Africa said, the best part of the trip was hot showers and milk. And it just really, it put in perspective for us what it is that they don't have, what it is that they're going through, and what we can do for them. When we got back from the trip, we got an email from one of the missionaries, and the person said, I have never had anybody do anything like this for me before. It actually made me feel like I was important, like I was treated like I was special. And we just wanted to say, you are, you are important, you're doing an amazing work, and you're special, and you deserve a little break. 
Well, the second thing that we hope to do is connect our global partners. First of all, to connect them with each other. And I'm going to tell you, we just stood back and watched. And it was an amazing, an amazing thing. Because we have singles and couples and families with children. And even the kids, like instantly, these people connect because they have so much in common. And when we bring them together, they are like thirsty to be around other people um, who are sharing the gospel of Christ. Other people who are doing what they're doing in other parts of the world. And so we also want to connect them with Westridge Church. Through the years as we're working with our missionaries, we're starting to learn some of the questions that they're asking probably to themselves. And they're wanting to know, does my church know what I'm doing? Does my church care about me? Is my church praying for my family? And we want to answer those questions for them with a yes. With this Global Partners Retreat, we want to say yes. You are important, and we know about you. And here's a whole group of people who are doing the same thing that you're doing, and we're praying for you. So each day on the retreat, we are able to gather one family and listen to what they're going through, the blessings and amazing things that God's doing, and then the challenges that they face. And then we get an opportunity to come around and pray for their whole family. What a sweet, sweet time. So I just want to thank you in advance. For your gracious contributions to the gift offering this Christmas season, because it's going to be what makes all of this happen. Amen. Let's pray before we go on. Lord, we're so grateful for how you have continued to use this church and through the the generosity of our people to be able to engage football players and athletes and coaches and teachers, and Lord, our nations all over the world that you've called us, and and even, Lord, our missionaries who are doing such an amazing job serving in some of the the toughest places, um, places that no one else wants to go, who, Lord, they've literally left the 99 to go to the one, the forgotten, Lord, those who are lost, and they're doing such an amazing job of seeing of sharing the gospel, bringing the hope of Jesus. And we want to be part of that. So, Father, I pray that as we think and consider and pray about how we can engage and connect over this this upcoming uh, Christmas season, Lord, may our hearts be moved and touched to invest and engage in our gift offering so that we can truly touch the lives of, of not only those who feel forgotten and lost, but those who are on the front lines ministering to them and serving and being the hands and feet of Jesus all over the world. So we love you today. In Jesus' name, amen. What's up, West Ridge? How's everybody doing? Come on. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to be here, man. Like, literally, I'm excited. Um, You guys are like family to me. And I have my wife and my kids here today. My wife is my best friend. My kids are my little best friends. So we're here, and we're grateful uh, that you've given us an opportunity to serve. Well, if I can be honest really quick, um, I, I've had a chance to share this story uh, quite a few times, but every time I share it, I get a little emotional. Uh, this is my friend, and his name is Mark. Uh, I actually met Mark earlier this year, uh, literally digging in a dumpster uh, behind our center in College Park. Yeah, 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 you guessed it. Like, he literally had life bottom out, and he found himself in a rough patch uh, that literally had him looking for a meal in a dumpster behind a building. 
If you're like me, God sometimes places me in places where I have to choose, literally, do I engage people who are overlooked or do I ignore? Do I use my gifts and my talents and my abilities to literally serve those who God has placed before me or do I ignore and go about life and just walk on by? Well, I chose to engage my friend named Mark and we became friends, and instead of shaming him and calling the police and asking him to vacate the property, I chose to show him the same love that God had shown me. When we met, he was at his lowest point. He down with spiraled after the economic crash in 08. He lost his family. He became severely depressed with no community. He was overlooked. He was on the side of life, and he was broken. Well, for the last nine months, we've been fighting for Mark and discipling him. And not only have we seen a change in him, uh, in his growth of his faith, but he's reconnected with his daughter and has received a vital piece of identification that's going to set him up for reemployment in 2018. And this is what Mark looks like now. How many of you know that God can do amazing things when we choose to engage? And Mark's story reminds me of the Good Samaritan parable. Jesus is literally uh, questioned by this expert of the law in Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. And this guy, he asked Jesus, he asked him a question about eternal life. And Jesus, instead of responding to the passivity of the question, he takes it a step higher by Uh, causing this expert to include our neighbors. He's like, yeah, like I know that you have a faith relationship with God of how you see the Mosaic law, but let me take you a step further with an act of faith and including our neighbors. And Jesus goes on to tell the story of the Good Samaritan about how this guy came from Jerusalem. He goes down to Jericho and literally he's beaten and robbed and left on the side of the road half dead. And then Jesus takes a turn and tells us about a Levite and a priest who shows up on the scene. But instead of engaging this guy, they walk on by. They walk on by. I don't know about you, but it bothers me. Whenever I read this text and I say, I say to myself, man, why did they walk by? How many of you know that if we walk on by and if, if we ignore people who are overlooked and broken, we literally miss opportunities for God to restore people back for their, to their rightful place. God has called us, church, to get our hands dirty. As a church, we cannot, we must not, we will not, we won't walk past the overlooked or the broken. But then Jesus mentions this Samaritan. This half Jew, half Gentile. He shows up on the scene, and it says that he was journeying. And instead of going about the busyness of the day, he sees this man, and the scripture says that he comes to where he was. And literally in two verses, this man who was on the side of the road, his whole entire life changes because somebody chose to engage, and it reads this way in Luke 10, 33 and 34. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, he came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And Jesus turns to this 
this person of the law, and he asks, who was the neighbor? And he says, the one that fell among thieves. And whenever Jesus is asking this question, he's literally asking us in a way that really shows us where we should get our hands dirty and where our priorities should be. There are two quick things I want to give you before I end about what we can learn from this Samaritan. And the first thing is this, he notices the overlook. It says, as he journeyed, he came. This means that the Samaritan had things to do for the day. As he journeyed, he still stopped and looked and came to where he was. And this just shows us as Christians, we can't allow the busyness of our lives to cause us to walk past by those who are broken, busted, and disgusted. We've got to come to where they are and minister to them and show them and tell them that Jesus is able to restore. And then he sacrifices and gets his hands dirty. The scriptures say that he bandaged him, he spent time with him, and he spend, spends resources on this guy. Man, scholars say that this parable is literally the gospel within the gospel because the Samaritan becomes a type of Christ. There's a parallelism between the Samaritan and Jesus. Why? The Samaritan was a half-Jew, half-Gentile. He was hated by his brothers. Uh, the Samaritan, he literally came to where this guy was. Uh, the Samaritan paid his debt. And how many of you know that Jesus is just like this Samaritan, but some a step greater? Jesus sees us in sin on the side of the road called life. He came from heaven and comes to where we are and literally sees us in our sin and literally gives of himself to pay our debts so we can be reconciled with our Father in heaven. So when we experience new life in Christ, we literally have the, 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 the power and the, the option now to tell people who are also on the side of the road that our God saves, our God restores, our God delivers, our God has the power to redeem and lift you up out of the pits of poverty, out of the pits of shame, out of the pits of guilt. And we have this good news as the church to roll up our sleeves and get our hands dirty. Amen? Let's get our hands dirty, church. How do you respond a morning like this? Yeah, woo, that's good. How do you respond? Worship is response. Worship is the response to the revelation of God. However God reveals himself to you, you then turn and respond. So my hope and my prayer for us as a church this morning is that our response is not giving-based. It's part of it. But our response should be worship-based. We respond to all that he has done for us. We give the gift offering because God so loved the world that he gave. And we are going into a season pointing the whole world to the fact that he sent the king as a baby to a manger for every single one of them. We give because he gave to us. It's our response of worship. The psalmist had responses over and over again. The psalms are, are my go-to. I don't know about you. Uh, when I've even got just a few moments, I love reading through the Psalms because they are the records, the songs of how God revealed himself, especially to David. And then David just wrote it down in some incredible ways. If you look at my Bible, the Psalms are just 
they're underlined, there's words circled. I mean, at some point, I'm going to need another Bible just for Psalms because everything's going to be underlined at some point. But it's just, it's amazing. And, and at different seasons, seasons of grief, seasons of loss, seasons of victory, seasons of triumph, seasons of bitterness and seasons of forgiveness and seasons of hope. David would write those things down like in Psalm 66, verse 8, where he says, Bless our God, O peoples, sound his praise abroad, who keeps us in life, does not allow our feet to slip. For you have tried us, O God, you have refined us as silver is refined. We went through the fire and through water, yet you brought us out into a place of abundance. God is so good. Psalm 73 today says, When my heart was embittered and I was pierced within, then I was senseless and ignorant. I was like a beast before you. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You have taken hold of my right hand. With your counsel, you will guide me and afterward receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And beside you, I desire nothing on earth. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. You know, as I looked at the different things that I had underlined, I just said, God, I'm just going to read two of them, and maybe that'll be for somebody here today. Maybe that's what you needed. Maybe you're here, and you've been in a place of embitterment, and I just want you to know that God is for you. He is with you. He's for you. He wants to bring you up out of that pit. We know that he is a God who delivers. He is a God who rescues. He is a God who saves, and I can tell you that even going through the pit, that he is a faithful, sovereign, and trustworthy God. Those are the stories that we tell. That is what has been revealed to us. It's been revealed to me. I tell you, I think it's revealed to me more through pain than through triumph. Five years ago on Tuesday, our former worship pastor, Andrew Prey, my best friend, was taken from this earth in a tragedy. But can I tell you what I've learned in tragedy? That God is faithful and that he is sovereign, that he is good. Let me tell you why. Because his three kids are sitting here with us today. And I love these guys. And let me tell you why they've been forced to hang out with me and, and Angela and our boys for a couple of days. Because Courtney Prey Duke just gave birth to a nine-pound baby boy, Asher Prey Duke. Let me tell you something. Don't tell me that he doesn't love you with a reckless love. Don't tell me that he is not good, that he can't be trusted. Because I've seen bad and I've seen dark and I've seen pain in more than just this circumstance, but in others too. And I can tell you every time I come through and I find a God who is strong enough to save, whose arm is not too short, who, who has delivered time and time and time again, and he will do it again. And so we are writing down what he has revealed to us. These guys and gals behind me have been writing down what he's revealed to them. So as part of our gift offering this year, one of the things that we believe God has called us now to do from this place is to announce and to sling out what he has revealed to us. So over this next year, the Westridge Band is going to be recording original music and we are going to be sending it out. Beginning in January, we're going to be talking about what we have learned about God's love. It's going to be the first Westridge single. We've been testing this stuff 
with our students because if we can get them to uncross their arms, then we know we can get you guys to uncross your arms, all right? And it's working out pretty well. But then there's going to be songs all throughout the year. And then on anniversary Sunday, on our 21st birthday, we're turning you guys into a choir. No, I'm serious. I've been telling you for years, we're going to take this show on the road. We're going to make you a choir. Some of you are saying, this is my last Sunday at Westridge Church. Hang on. I don't want to go to choir practice. No, you don't have to do that. All right. But on our anniversary, the plan is now we're going to be recording our first live worship album that day so that we can send it out. All right. You need to be in church because you need to learn the songs. All right. So you don't want to mess this up. This is going to be awesome. This is going to be powerful. We're going to be able to send this out to church planners. We're going to be able to send this out to global partners. We're going to be able to send this out to people in this community who cannot yet fathom the amazing love of God, but we're going to be proclaiming it to them with everything we've got. Church, he has given us some great invitations today. He's given us some awesome invitations today. How do we respond to this revelation? We respond by being all in to the God who has done so much for us, to the God who has given every good gift to us. We give good gifts back to him. He has used us before. He's allowed us to be a part of amazing things before. He has delivered before. He has answered prayer before. He has comforted before. He has saved before. He has rescued before. He has restored before. And he will do it again. He will do it again. Church. He will do it again. He's going to use you. He's going to use me. And he's going to move the mountains again. Come on. He's going to do it again. Would you stand with us? Would you stand with us as we sing? He has moved the mountains. He's done it before. And he's about to do it again. Come on. Uh, it's been such a great morning. I'm afternoon. Morning and afternoon. So glad you're here today. Um, one of the cool things I think that's happened today is I've had a chance to just, you know, listen to Amy, listen to Paul, listen to Terrence. And we're so excited that Terrence is going to be joining us over this next year and, and even being part of our teaching team as well. Is it just uh, reveals that we're all very different and diverse. We speak differently, and yet it's God just put it all together. As well as this band. You guys have done a great job today, by the way. Thank you for your super hard work today. Um, and uh, it's cool for me as a pastor, you know, about 1995, really began to get to know Paul. He was in my student group. He became a spiritual son to me in 2010, got to meet Terrence. And he's over the years, has become like a spiritual son to me. And so to see these guys up here just encourages me, inspires me. And of course, listening to her speak, I love it. So one of the tensions um, that is, goes along with the morning like this is we, we've, we've introduced so many great things to you. The lot of vision we put in front of you, it's exciting, but we haven't taken an offering yet to make it happen. And so, but we believe, and we've been doing this for nearly 20 years, is that we believe God calls us to do things. And then we just put it out and we go, God, we're trusting you with this. And here's a great example. The first time we ever took this gift offering, we brought Paul and Angela up on stage. This was 98 and uh, Paul had been serving part-time as our, as our children's pastor. And uh, we just knew it was time to bring him on board. And so we needed to raise $20,000 to make that happen. We'd never taken an offering anywhere near that big at our church. And uh, this little church in, in over here meeting at Vaughn Elementary School, I brought Paul and Angela up on stage. I introduced, them as, introduced him as our new full-time children's pastor. And I said, now we're going to take an offering. We took an offering that morning of $20,000. 
$1.96. And God showed us he was up to something. And so we've just kind of kept that faith going. Um, and, you know, I talked last week about faith. We don't have faith in faith. We have faith in Jesus. And God has put himself on display. And we believe he's going to do it again this next year with our gift offering. And I just want to encourage you and challenge you to be faithful. And we will celebrate what God's done and give him all the glory. So, Westridge, I'm so proud of you. So thankful for, for what God's doing here. Look forward to, to great and big, big things in the year to come. What's that? Oh, yes, I'm sorry. You know, one of the things that, um, and I'm so glad you reminded me of this because when we didn't have this in the original plan of the service, but we've talked so much about lost people, about forgotten people, people who feel forgotten. The 99, you know, the, the God going after the one and leaving the 99. And I just feel like if you're here today um, and maybe you feel like you're the one or you feel like, you know, life has forgotten you, that the world has forgotten you. I want you to know that, that God sent his son, Jesus, and he would have sent his son, Jesus, if it were just you, because that's how much he loves you. And so before we leave, I want to give you an opportunity, if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, to be your personal savior, to do that right now. So would you just bow your head for just a moment? And if you're here today and, and you, just rec- you just so resonate uh, and identify with so much of what we talked about here today, forgotten, lost, Uh, maybe just feeling lonely or just feeling like, you know, spiritually I'm just lost and yet I realize how much God the Father loves me. How much Jesus being that good Samaritan example stopped at this moment to rescue me in my brokenness. Would you pray with me? Say, Lord, at this very moment, Father, thank you that you sent Jesus to pay a debt I couldn't pay, to provide forgiveness for my sin to rescue me from this feeling of being lost. You left the 99 to reach me this morning, and I'm so grateful for that. And I thank you for your love and your compassion for me. And so, Lord, by faith and the best way I know how, I receive your gift of salvation. I, I, I receive it by faith. You've extended it to me through grace I don't deserve. And so I put all of my faith and all of my trust in you, Jesus, and I ask you to be my personal Lord and my personal Savior at this very moment. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that with me, I want you to get your Get Connected card out. Fill it out. Take it to the Help Center or walk it up here to one of us at the end of the service. We'd love to help you take your next step in following Christ. All right? All right, Westridge Church 1245. We just want you guys to know you are incredibly loved by a very powerful and personal God. And we're crazy about you too. So we hope you have a great week and an awesome Thanksgiving.